This is Don't Panic, episode number 7, recorded July 30th, 2013, on Chromecast, Smurfberries, and Android Apathy. And that can only mean one thing, you're probably watching The Bachelorette season finale on your DVR. Who is she going to choose? <laughs> Turn that crap off. Instead, you should be watching us. We're Don't Panic, your experts on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings. I'm Colby. Revenue. I'm Dan. And, and they are mostly awkward. Uh, and we are here tonight. Uh, Colby, we're so glad to have you back this week. Yay. Yeah, I made it. I'm Live in California. Live from the West Coast. How's it been it's, out there? It's It's been cold, to be honest. It's been like 60 degrees. Shit, man. Yeah. You but... leave the heat wave and you go to 60 degrees. I don't know what happened. Well, we're glad to have you, and I certainly want to give a big thank you to last week's guest, Kaylee McAvoy, for joining us. We had an outstanding conversation on education. Uh, I highly recommend you go watch that. You can get it on our website, don'tpanic.io. Don't I, put I, in double... Yes? Sorry. You can you can finish. I was uh, And I was also going to say, and uh, you can always watch us live at don'tpanic.io slash live.html. We recommend you do it there because we have a chat room and you can interact with myself, Colby, and Dan uh, as the show goes on. Yeah, I was going to say, I listened, I listened to the episode from last week and I kept wanting to like jump in and say stuff. Well, that's then, I would, <laughs> then I would realize that I, it already happened. <laughs> Well, we, all, we were... then all the people on the bus would look at you funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was that guy. <laughs> well, podcasting yeah, from the bus. <laughs> Always one could guy. Could be fun. It could be a lot of fun. There was uh, actually there used to be a Linux podcast where the guy would do it from his car driving back from work. He would set up the mic and just record as he drove. That's awesome. I have some of my best ideas when I'm driving or in the shower. And yeah, podcasting while in the shower would be a little more awkward than driving. At next least for week, those watching. I keep yeah. adding stuff to my little setup here. So yeah. ne- next week, don't panic live from my shower. I'll be panicking. <laughs> that, that episode will just be called Panic. <laughs> uh, well, we have a fantastic subject this week. I'm excited. Each week, we kind of pick what I like to call our hot topic. Uh, and this week, the internet was abuzz with a large announcement. Breakfast with a, it's Sabir, it's Sun, Sundir Pichai. Did I say that right? From Sundar. Sundar. Ah, I was so cl- I knew it. Ah, I was so close. <laughs> uh, breakfast with Sundir, and they sat Sundar. down to talk about. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> breakfast with a fine fellow who works at Google, and they. Uh, they sat down to talk about some of the new things the company is coming out with, so we are going to go over what they talked about, what we think of it, what you need to know in brief, and we're going to start off with probably one of the more exciting things they announced. A lot of things have been leaked ahead of time, the new Nexus 7, Android 4.3, and we'll talk about that a little later, but right now we're going to talk about the big surprise of the announcement. Bum, 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 bum. So jelly. Chromecast. Chromecast oh, is yeah. uh, Google's answer to, uh, I want my TV on the internet, but it's old and crappy. How do I do that? Uh, and so Google has an answer. Um, so I managed, it was actually, these sold out super quick, um, mainly because of the price, $35 plus three free months of Netflix if you got in soon enough, which lucky enough I did. So that makes this actually about $11 if you include the Netflix value. I mean, crazy good value. So these things just sold out like crazy. Um but I managed to hop on Amazon, get it two-day shipped in on Prime. Uh, you guys want a little bit of a demonstration, a little bit of a walkthrough? Yeah. Yes. All right, well, let's do. check it out. I want to give Google a ton of credit because I don't <laughs> And he's gone. Why does Dan break everything? <laughs> it's never you or me. It's always... Hey, Dan. Hi. Thanks for joining us on the show today. You're, you know, I'm glad to be here as always. <laughs> you just got to break everything. As I was saying, um, one thing Google doesn't get enough credit for is when you buy physical items from them, they package stuff super well. So I want to give them credit. This is the little box the Chromecast comes in. We'll do, we'll do a little unboxing here. <laughs> and We've um, either reached a new high or a new low. <laughs> we're always aiming lower, Dan. <laughs> so there it is. There's the Chromecast. And I just wanted to show you this because these are the directions you get. Plug it in. Switch inputs, 
set it up. That's it. Three steps. That's it. And one of them is plug it in. It's that easy. <laughs> and it comes with this. I also want to say that Google is great when it comes to including accessories. It comes with uh, a micro USB cable, a wall USB uh, adapter, and an HDMI extender. Uh, certain other companies, who I won't name, uh, tend to upsell you on all kinds of accessories, so props to Google for including all of that. Uh, I was afraid they weren't going to include the wall adapter. Colby? Um, I guess we're probably going to talk about this momentarily, but how does it connect to the TV? Does it plug into the TV? Or... That's a great question. It is a HDMI, cool. standard HDMI tip. Uh, it does not support MHL, and if you're not familiar with MHL, it's just a standard that provides electricity through the HDMI ports. Uh, the Roku streaming stick they came out with is uh, requires MHL. A lot of the new sort of computer-based plugins require MHL. Uh, this does not need MHL. It will support uh, controlling. So if you have a newer set, uh, the HDMI parts can control, like automatically flip inputs or adjust the volume through the HDMI part. This will support that. My TV doesn't have that, but if you have a newer one, it will. So all it has on this, it's very small. It's about, it's a thumb drive, really. I mean, it's it's really quite, it's keychain sized almost. Uh, maybe a little too big, but right in there. It's got your HDMI port on one side, and on the back it has a uh, micro USB port, and a single button that I have not figured out what it does. Because they don't get, really give you a manual, so I, I guess you could Google it, but there's a little button, but you won't use that. Um, and that's it. That's really all you get. It's a little tiny stick. Uh, like I said, it comes with the cord. Now, it does require you plug it in. That's what's different from a lot of other streaming solutions that plug directly into the TV. That's why, instead of MHL, they went with, you have to plug it in, you can use your USB port on your TV, or, thank you, Google, if you don't have one, they include the wall plug, which I was very thankful, and I was afraid I'd have to dig one up or go buy one. So, uh, it's very easy to do. So, what I'm going to do is, let me flip my camera here. Uh... And so I have my monitor. This is actually running my rope. Ah, why did you flip back? If only there was someone who could figure this technology stuff out for us. You know, if I if I had a computer that didn't suck, and we'll talk about this in a minute, this would all work much better. But this is actually streaming off of my Roku right now. Uh, I've been a longtime fan of Roku. That's why I wanted to jump and get this to compare the two. Um, I'm actually sending the image from my iPhone to the Roku. But I'm going to plug this in in the back of the TV. Uh, I'm very thankful. I'm going to try and do this while I'm not falling out of my chair. Uh, I'm very thankful that they gave me a... Falling out of your chair makes for good TV, though. Oh, boy, does it. I'd never live it down. Between that and breaking my neck. Um, <laughs> yes, and the, the HDMI extender. Thank you again, Google, for doing that, because a lot of times you can't get to those, so they give you a nice little extender uh, as well. So I will say it's already been set up, and I've been using it, but setup is... I don't know what wizardry they do. It's absolutely incredible. I never had to tell it what Wi-Fi network to use. I never had to tell it my network password. I didn't have to do anything. And I live in an apartment complex where I get like 100 other networks. I swear to God, I plugged it into the TV. Google said, we're going to find the network. It found my network, found my computer on my network, and I believe it did Wi-Fi direct to my laptop to get the information and then connect it to my network. Don't you need, like, a, a setup app? You do. It's, it's a file you have to download and run on a Windows or Mac. But, can you do it through just your phone? Um, I don't believe so. I believe you need a laptop or a desktop to do it, as of now. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was so simple, it's like my mother could do it. I mean, it was really, not to degrade her, but it was, uh, but it was really easy. Uh, and I want to give credit for that. I don't know how they did it, but it was super easy. So uh, let's flip inputs here. Oh, I, gotta, I forgot that doesn't work. Bum -bum. Chromecast. So this is your main screen. It just hangs out. It says ready to cast. I apologize for the lights, but I'm going to cut to the uh, close-up shot and then to the single. So what's really interesting is that it really is there. And that's what's different about this compared to a Roku or another device is that there's really nothing on that stick. All it does is convert internet to HDMI. There's no apps to run on the stick. There's no programs. There's no... You don't download anything to it. It's incredible. It's really just a stick. So, All the, yes. To be clear, you 
all you do is you say, hey, Chromecast, go download this video and play it. Like, it's you're even, not streaming the video from your device. It's even better. Thing. So what I'm going to do, do a live demonstration here. So, all right, so I'm back on my close-up. So I have my iPhone here. It works with Android and iPhone. Um, and I have the YouTube app. Right now on iOS, it works in YouTube and Netflix. Uh, if you have an Android device, it does that, as well as Google Play Music and Movies. So this is our YouTube page for Don't Panic, and there's our show from last week. When you click to play, you'll now see there's the little Chromecast icon next to the search. I'm going to... When you push that button, it's going to give you sort of as if you were doing a... Um, Airplay? Yes, very similar to AirPlay, where it will give you all the devices on your local network. If you have multiple, they'll show up here. I'm going to select Main Room, and you'll see now... See, now i got to quickly cut to the wide. It does it so quickly, it's shocking. Let's cut it to the wide. There you go, and... And there it is. Whoa. Just like that. Seconds. I'm telling you, it's almost instant. And the quality is great. It, it uh, buffers as you go, so it's a little blocky at first, but you'll get full HD. And what's really neat is it still says on my phone, it says playing in room, and, and when I push pause on here, so I'm going to push it, and it pauses it on the screen. And I can skip ahead and hit play, and you'll see. You can't really tell because it's all the same our entire show, but it skips ahead. Um and then with, if I just click the Chromecast button again and hit iPhone, you'll see it'll pull it off of here and start playing it again on the iPhone. So it's nice. super, super simple and quick. Uh, I'll show you. So I'm going to tap it now. I hit Main Room, pulls up the YouTube app, and it starts playing almost right away. And this is my, this is my question. Okay. Does So any app writer can make their app Chromecast-able if you I, have a video thing, or does Chromecast need to be updated to support it, or can you just, like, stream stuff at it if your app has that capability? Now, I'm not a programmer, so I can't explain how the okay. APIs work, but what I can say is it is an open source. They have released SDKs and APIs publicly, and it, to the best of my knowledge, they are using generally open standards so that if you have a type of media this is compatible with, namely video, music, and pictures, it should be relatively simple to integrate it into your app. Awesome. That's what I've heard. Again, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, that sounds cool. So there's a lot of hope then for this to do a lot more than just Netflix and uh, YouTube and Pandora Exactly, and it's, you know, I, when I actually get to my review of what I think of it, um, after using it for a couple days, like with most Google products, you're buying a promise, not a finished product. When you buy an iPhone, it you know it's a finished product and it's going to work, it's gone through months. When you buy a Google product like Google TV or Glass, it's an <laughs> experiment. It's it's a start. Google and Wave. Google Wave, you know, and hey. Rest in peace. I give Google a lot of credit for doing that. It's ballsy. They're not holding back, and that's great. But it does only support two apps right now on iOS and a few more on Android. I love YouTube, which is great, because Roku, that's really the one app it doesn't have. Yeah, so YouTube I, isn't on any of these things. No, they're very selective about their partners uh, and weird. who they do. And it's so, it was really funny. I Actually, I'm catching up on the X-Men movies for the new Wolverine that came out movie. And so I watched X-Men 2, and then I knew there was a funny YouTube video about X2 that I hadn't seen. I switched inputs, hit it on my YouTube, and it just started playing on my TV. And that's kind of where the promise comes in, of one day this could be really cool. And also one day your phone controls your TV. Right. You don't and have the remotes other, anymore, which would be awesome. The other super cool thing that I think is really neat about this my phone is acting as a controller. It's not streaming the content to Chromecast. Chromecast is streaming it itself. So I can close out of the app. I can cancel the app. I can uninstall the app. This is going to keep playing. Hmm. And yeah. one of the criticisms I've heard is that that's also a downside because it can be kind of confusing to remember how to stop playing it 
or like how to pause. It is. It really can be because you don't have a dedicated controller. So I have found I'm going to try... I don't know what's going on. Oh, God damn you. See, this is why I can't do nice things. Um, <laughs> I was going to show you how Netflix works when you jump from... I'm not going to have time because it wants to be a login. But if you start a Netflix movie on your phone and you go to their web page and you're on the same network, you can actually control it from the web page and close out the phone or open up the phone and close. That's sort of the eventually where it'll go. That takes a yeah. little more integration. But hopefully YouTube uh, doesn't... YouTube does, I believe, actually support that. So actually I'm going to open up YouTube in my uh, browser here. Can you, can you start Netflix videos on your Chromecast from your browser? Um, all right, it's not going to let me. So it's not giving me the option right now to control this YouTube from my browser, but let me flip so you can see my computer screen. I'm doing like 88 things here at once. So uh, here on my screen, you're going to notice there is this new little icon here at the end, and it says Select mm -hmm. Screen. Mm-hmm. And it says on here, my computer and main room. So I can click main room and let's see how quickly I can flip cameras again. Oh, no, I don't have to shut off the screen grab. And now it's streaming it to the, to the monitor. So, all right, all right. So is it like, <laughs> do you have like a browser plugin installed to do that? It's a Chrome extension. Okay. It's okay. a Chrome extension you have. I was like, how do they know? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a separate Chrome extension. And that's where the beta comes in of streaming uh, tabs. Now, this is the other cool part of Chromecast everyone was so excited about. Because Google said, we're not just going to do apps. We're gonna, it's in beta, but we're going to say you can stream your Chrome tabs to your monitor. So Quick question. If you, yes. So if you don't have the extension installed, YouTube will not show that icon? I believe, yes. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to select Google Cast in the extension, and I'm going to say cast this tab, and there's our show rundown. So what I'm actually doing is I'm live casting, and uh, you can't really see my mouse, but I'll try and highlight some stuff here so you can see. Um, so you can see this is actually the spreadsheet I'm looking at. So you can broadcast a tab you're using in Chrome. Now, this is cool because it will stream video. So if you go to Hulu.com, it will work. If you, go, if you drag a file into your browser that is a compatible format, that will play over Chromecast. Hmm. So it's a lot more open. I have the problem, getting back to the world's crappiest laptop, my laptop cannot handle it. It will show you a static image, but the second I try and do anything, I don't even think I can scroll particularly well and have it, uh, you know, there's a big delay, the video, it just, it doesn't work on my computer. Your results may vary. <laughs> but the enough. promise is very interesting. Uh, I will stop streaming that, and we'll go back to the, uh, the main screen. That's cool. Imagine if, like, all your screens were just, like, big dumb pipes, and you could connect <laughs> anything to them all the time without wires. <laughs> I kind of like the approach, because I, I, and I especially want to compare this to Roku and Apple TV. I kind of, I, provided they actually follow through, I actually really like the approach of we're not going to put any kind of crazy stuff on the stick. The stick is purely something for you to throw content at and watch it stick. I think yeah. that's really interesting. Um, you know, Chromecast, I have a crappy laptop and my iOS phone. But if you're somebody who has uh, an Android phone, an iPad, a Nexus 7, a laptop, this is you're going to love this thing. The more devices, this is for the person with all the devices, because what's going to happen is you're going to be on your couch on your iPad looking at YouTube videos. You're going to click play, and, and assuming your TV supports it, your TV will actually flip inputs, go to Chromecast, and start playing the video in seconds. That's cool. That's, I think, where the promise comes in, is just the sort of instant, connected, browse through your device where it's most convenient, but play yeah. it where you want to see it. I agree. That's that's cool. It's also... Wonder, really, yeah. So how does it handle, like, multiple devices? Like, um, I obviously haven't had a chance to test this. Uh, 
any device that's running on the wireless network has access to it. There's no kind of password or security or anything. If you're on my Wi-Fi, you'll see it. Mm. My best guess is you can just overwrite somebody. So if I'm playing a video yeah. and you click play, it'll overwrite it. There's really no set, kind of queue or anything set up for that. But um, I think I this idea of sharing is really cool because I remember back you know, in college, we would sit... I can't believe I just said back in college, but back <laughs> in college, we would sit and we would watch YouTube videos off someone's laptop screen and we'd fight over it. Imagine all of us sitting there with each of our phones ready, and I'll say, all right, I got the next one. You hit play, and it plays on the monitor. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys ever do the uh, the PS3 YouTube app? We, we're all Xbox people. So the PS3 YouTube app had this thing called pairing, where you could it would generate a URL on the device, and you could go and visit this page with a specific URL or scan the QR code. God forbid. And then you would get this UI that shows like a playlist of things that's going to be playing and you can add things to it and or you can just kick the video off that's playing right now. So what we, that we were doing, and this was like far ahead of our time just because we so happen to have a PS3 that's app installed, is that we would just sit around and do that around a TV, which is really awesome. So I have a feeling that that sort of social management stuff will be coming. Especially because, like, the Nexus Q did that, and that was a year ago, and they they never actually released or sold that. Uh, <laughs> so I have a feeling that'll be coming because the PS3 does it already. It's a little bit clunky, so if you combine those two things, this would be awesome. The social sharing is really the future. I mean, imagine this with Spotify integration. You you make a collaborative shared playlist, and it plays over your TV. You got the album art. Um, actually, I believe, because Google Music does connect, um, and I believe you can do shared playlists, so you might even be able to sort of finagle that support, but um, I think the, the real advantage to this device is uh, the price, quite honestly, $35. Yeah. Um, That's totally just fair. I didn't even hesitate to buy one, and Lord knows I didn't need one. Like I said, I already had a Roku. I really didn't need one, uh, but at $35, it's almost a no-brainer purchase. I bought one, but who knows when it will arrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they no, and they're sold out. Uh, I believe both on Google Play and on I know on Amazon. Yeah, still I bought it on Google Play, figuring they would get it back in stock first, but we'll see. Yeah, you had to jump really quickly, and I know they limited those free three-month uh, Netflix. You had to buy it like on the day they announced. Oh it. yeah, no, I totally it. missed that. Um, <laughs> they burned through them. So, um, you know, my my sort of final review would be that it's a promise, not a solution yet. But it's the best promise I've heard so far. So, you know, I would say if you're a huge Apple person and you buy all your movies and music through iTunes and you own an iPad, an iPhone, a MacBook, then you should probably get an Apple TV. But if you're like the rest of society and you have Android and iOS devices and you have a, a tablet floating around and, you know, you just want to watch YouTube videos, this is an awesome solution. The, the thing about AirPlay, though, that makes it really great is that Apple kind of said by fiat, if you have an iOS device and it plays video, it automatically airplays. Like, you don't have a choice. So there is an Amazon uh, Apple TV app, but if there weren't, the Amazon iOS app plays video, so it airplays by default, which is really awesome. So there's, like, thousands of apps on AirPlay already that work. So... Apple's pretty ahead of the game there, and I wish that Android had a similar thing. Like, yo, know, if you're playing video, then right next to the volume button is going to be this thing that says Chromecast, and that's just like 4.3 new feature. Build Ooh. it into the OS, yeah. Yeah, I think that'd make a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. So, so then, you know, it's, then it's like then it's like their thing could, that they can like control control and make sure it like actually works, as opposed to you know someone else's potentially crappy implementation. Yeah, yeah, and, but it's great because they can't not do it. Like, I had this stupid app that played nine-second demonstrations of how to do exercises, and even that had AirPlay, which it obviously they never were like, oh, we should probably put AirPlay on these nine-second... No, it was just like, hey, there's an AirPlay device on your network, and you have an iOS device, therefore all of your videos are castable, which is really cool. Boom. 
I think they'll get there. And yeah. and like I said, I think I think you'd have to be delusional, and we'll talk about this when we get into the Nexus Seven. But no one lives in a one ecosystem household. I, I there are very few people who own only Apple products, who own only well, fully. <laughs> All right, you're the no, exception. and not me personally, but my family at home. And have a Raspberry Pi. Does that count? Well, exactly, you know, and, and all this new Galaxy stuff is coming cool. out. Well, <laughs> you know, I like my iPhone, but my next phone may be an Android. I don't know, you know, and and I think I appreciate the fact that Google is so open and so uh, outgoing with this, and, um, yeah, it's really exciting. So if, if, you're, if you're a techie, I recommend uh, picking one up and playing around with it. Yes. Not for everyone yet. But I, I trust six weeks when you can get one again. <laughs> when they finally start shipping and they make some more, uh, that would be the time. So, all right. Well, if you guys have any other questions you want to ask me uh, about Chromecast, otherwise we'll uh, we'll move on. I think we're good. To the other big announcement from uh, actually, oh, this is, see, I I wish my computer were faster because then. I gotta get a new computer. This is really getting painful because what I could do is I could hit Google Cast, I could hit go to main room, and then I could broadcast my tab on the monitor next to me. That would be cool. As we talk about the story, but it's just so slow and shitty. Um, so one of the other big uh, announcements at this uh, Google event was a new Nexus 7. Uh, it's still called the Nexus 7. It's just called the 2013 Nexus 7, sort of like Apple does with the iPad. Um, and... While it's not an enormous uh, difference over the existing Nexus 7, it improves in all the right places. So, um, what I'm going to do is, there's a really handy difference chart. Here we go. Uh, see, watch the delay it takes to get the, the cast to update. Oh, no, come on. Can we talk about the, the viability of 7-inch tablets? Absolutely. What? What? Are you pro or con seven-inch tablets? I'm I'm con seven-inch tablets. Oh, I'm so pro. Let's do this. All right, because I feel like like the, the promise. Flame war. <laughs> like the like kind of like how like the promise of the '90s is alive in Portland. Like the whole promise of tablets was that you wouldn't have a computer anymore, and not people like us who write code and make podcasts, but people who, like, do email and Facebook and, like, video chat. The idea is that your tablet would be your computer and you didn't need anything else, and it doesn't get viruses and there's no configuration. That's awesome. And I feel like with a 7-inch tablet, it's, like, not enough to be a replacement. Like, you can't, like, it feels even more awkward to, like, hook a keyboard up to it to even do some word processing. Uh, and you already have a smartphone, chances are. So, like, do you really need, like, a smartphone and a 7-inch tablet and another computer and maybe a tablet? It just feels, like, I'm not saying they shouldn't make them, but, like, where is the 10-inch tablet that's, like, it seems like Google's, like, yeah, we have this Nexus 10, we haven't updated it in a while. But... The Nexus 7 is awesome, and it is awesome, but why can't they make an awesome 10-inch tablet? Because that's, like, where it's at, I think. I can give you three counterpoints. Okay. One, uh, people joked when phones like the Galaxy came out. I don't know if it was even the original. And they said, no one's going to want a phone that big. They said, who's going to buy a phone that big? And then they made the note. And they said, who wants a phone? No one wants a phone. Consumers like choice. So I don't think 10 is the be-all, end-all. I think it's important to have a range of size devices. And I think 7 is finally that sweet spot. I had an iPad. And I found it. It wasn't too big. But it wasn't quite as mobile as I wanted it to be. That's one of the big benefits of having a tablet is you can take it with you. And 10 inches is kind of a cumbersome size to be traveling around with a lot. My second point is um, I don't think we'll ever live in a world where a tablet is your be-all, end-all computer. Because I just think even people say, oh, average users, all they do is surf the Internet, and all they do is take pictures. And You know, my mother is a... I study how she uses technology because she is my common person, okay? She bought herself an iPad, and she loves it. She says it's the best thing she's ever bought. 
She reads her books on it. She plays games on it. She surfs on the internet on it. And I got home the other day, and she was on her laptop. And I said, I thought you were supposed to only use it. Why are you using your old laptop? And she said, it's really, paying my bills on it isn't convenient. Um, it's really hard to organize my pictures on it. Uh, she had a list of reasons, and I think are laptops necessarily going to always be around? No, but I could imagine a world where everyone has a tablet, and then at home there's that sort of one, all-in-one, touchscreen, shared computer experience. You know, I don't think it's necessarily right to say that tablets aren't necessarily the future. My last point is price. People are super sensitive about price. I cannot tell you how many people I yell at because they go out, buy a $500 laptop, and then complain when it breaks in three months, and I tell them, you spent half of what you should have on a, on a laptop, and it's because people are price sensitive. That's where these 7-inch tablets come in, because you get a ton of computer functionality at an outstanding value, and I think you just cannot beat that. And, and until 10 inches can really sort of match that, I think it's going to be a tough battle to fight. I don't know, Colby, where do you fall on this? I mean, I think it depends on your use case, honestly. Like, I like the big iPad, but I could see how the little one, the mini, would be really, would be better for, like, or might be better for playing games, or at least certain games. Because some games, like, where you need to keep your thumbs down for the, like, things, or even just, even not, like, I like to, like, you know, I like to, like, lay on my back on the bed with, like, holding the iPad over my head, and it's kind of heavy. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so Maybe that's weird. such ridiculous problems. No, I agree. <laughs> it is a problem, but it's at the same time, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, totally. I think, like, the can't organize your pictures well is a solvable problem. Like, there's no reason a 10-inch tablet couldn't do that well. Whereas I think on a seven-inch tablet, it'd be much harder to organize your pictures well because you can't see as many of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, no, I agree with that. You know, like I think, I think you're right in that like price is a thing for a lot of people, and they probably get a better value for for their less money. But if you uh, buy a Note two, you have a five point five inch screen, and then you're also going to buy a seven inch. Galaxy Nexus? Well, you're probably not going to then, right? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I mean you know. but they don't come much smaller than 5.5 inches. Like, the S3 is 5 inches, maybe even somewhere between there, or S4, or whatever it is now. Huge. I think it's 4.5. 10 inches is awfully, awfully big, and it's... You know, I, I guess you're right, and it does vary by person to person, but given the choice, I would take a laptop and a 7-inch over an iPad. Because it's it's just I I like to spread my use out and I owned a Nexus Seven for a short period of time and this improves on a lot of the reason I didn't like it, um, uh, but it was a really nice I had never had a seven inch tablet and you realize it's not meant to be your main computing device it's it's a, a consumption device it's an entertainment device it's an accessory device and I don't think that's why it's really fair to compare the 7 and the 10. Now, where Windows is now, Windows 8 is now trying to push onto 7-inch tablets, that I don't agree with. I think that's kind of ridiculous, but I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird. I don't think there's an answer. No. Like, I don't think I would really want a 7-inch tablet, to be honest, but... Well, you know what, Colby? Maybe we can know. change your mind, because... The new Nexus 7 is here. <laughs> it's here. Getting back to our main story. Uh, so there are uh, a few main differences here between <laughs> the, the old one and the new. Uh, the main things you're going to notice is uh, the price is a little bit more expensive, uh, just by 30 bucks, uh, not too outrageous. Uh, but what you're getting is you're getting a high-def screen, uh, 323 PPI, which is technically considered retina display. Uh, more than what the iPad Mini currently has, um, which I'm very glad to see because I know on my uh, old Nexus 7 it had uh, a really poor screen. It really wasn't good. Uh, they've doubled the storage. Um, it now includes a rear camera, 5 megapixel autofocus, uh, so not the best, and as a public service I will just say no one should take pictures with a tablet, but, you know, if you happen to have it and there's an explosion or something, you can uh, videotape it. <laughs> um, 
they have also uh, upgraded the Bluetooth to 4.0. They've put in a much faster processor, more RAM, wireless charging. Um, and it is now running Android 4.3. Uh, we'll talk about 4.3 in a minute, but I just wanted to point out that the main issues I had with um, the Nexus 7 when I used it was speed. It was a slow uh, device to use. I mean, it was really slow. So um, I was happy to see that in this. They upped the processor, they upped the memory, and then they also did, and I don't know if you guys know anything about this, and I have to find where they talk about that in this article. Um, they put in new memory technology... Memory technology. Memory technology. Holy crap. Holy smokes. Because apparently whatever... All right, don't, now you're mocking me. That's not <laughs> right. Um, because apparently whatever kind of... Too much stuff going on here. I can't... Um, because um, whatever kind of uh, memory that they're using apparently gets clogged up. Which the tubes I are clogged? The tubes are clogged. I didn't even know that was a thing. Dude. Um... So, and I found when I was using it, I would boot it up, and it would be really fast, and then it would not take long before it was slow, and it would get cloggy. So apparently, and I finally found an article on GigaOM. Um, oh, I'm looking at the same thing. We're smart. Using uh, Trim. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, which... So it takes the allocated memory and smooshes it all into a contiguous block so that you don't spend as much time looking for places to write to. Nice. Yes, exactly. I know what that meant. <laughs> um, Seems like a good idea. So I am <laughs> yeah. so happy they did that because, for me, the only things I really had an issue with on my Nexus 7 was the screen, which was crappy and now it's HD, and the speed and the bugginess. And apparently both of those have been fixed, so... Although, me, the yes. review I read says that you still can't scroll and expect no lag, which is like 90% of what I do during a day on a tablet, is just scroll. Honestly, I'll, scrolling was never the problem. It was opening apps and closing apps that I always found to be a problem. Scrolling, mm -hmm. I never noticed that much of a lag when it came to scrolling. So I guess that's that's a personal thing, and you're going to you know notice it as much as you're going to notice it. But um, I'm personally really, really excited for this tablet, and given did the you, choice... Did you buy one of them, Sean? It, honestly, if I, if I didn't have to pay the rent, I would. <laughs> um, and honestly, if you came to me and said, Sean, I have this new Nexus 7, and I have an iPad mini, which would you like? That wouldn't be an easy call for me. And I want to say right now, I'd almost pick the Nexus 7 over the iPad Mini. Um, oh, and that was the other thing I didn't like about the old Nexus 7 was uh, lack of tablet apps, which in the last year, uh, Google has pushed super hard. They talked about it a ton at I.O., and I know they're really working hard to fix that problem. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Does this excite you at all? Do you care? No. At all? No? All right. Well, we're moving on. <laughs> no. no I... <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, that's great that there's something else. I don't know. You'd still rather have an iPad yeah. Mini? I think so. Just, well, no, I really, iPad I don't want... apps are just like, they're so much, like, Android, there are so few and far between tablet apps that are really built for tablet, and the ones... Yes, Sean, no, this is true. No, I'm telling you. When was the last time you used an Android tablet? My mom used an Android tablet, and I have to go and fix it all the time. How old is it? I'm telling you, they've fixed a lot of this 4. stuff recently. 4.0. 4.0. I, hey, I don't... And, and, a, first of all, someone has to be anti-Apple on this show, because if it weren't <laughs> for me, you guys would be like, gosh, aren't our iPhones great? <laughs> Just work. <laughs> But also because I, I think Android is really great and, and I give Google a ton of credit because they've covered more ground in the last two or three years than Apple's covered in the last seven years. That's so true. I would I am really tempted to switch back to an Android phone, especially with this new Moto X thing and maybe even some of these other Motorola things that we'll talk about, but I still would have an iPad. Like I feel like that's almost a really good compromise is to have an Android phone and an iOS. That's what I had for a while. Is I had my iPad before I bought into iPhone. 
just to like try out what the apps are like and even still like the apps there's just something about them that's just so much cleaner and it's worth that, the hundred dollar difference one hundred dollar difference I mean it's a hundred dollars that's <laughs> that's fifty percent of the device cost on a Nexus 7 yeah <laughs> I don't know so I've been using this Android phone for the last two days and like Actually, I don't think the apps are that bad, and like 4.0 is noticeably faster than than whatever it was last I mean, year. 4.2 versus 4.0. I don't know. Whatever it was last year, like last summer, was not good. Yeah, they did that butter thing, Project Butter, to smooth out the UI, which made a huge difference. Yeah, good for them. Like it really shows, um, and that's awesome. But like I don't know, there's still all this crapware on my phone, and I like I can't figure. I still haven't been able to figure out how to uninstall stuff. I have no idea. Um, yeah, and like, it's, Android's not particularly user friendly. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know some of it's cool. Like it does a ton of cool things that you can't do on an iPhone. Like like. Um, Widgets. Uh, I, I don't even. <laughs> widgets. No, I don't like widgets. <laughs> I, the notifications not, are really well done. Yes, the notifications are nice. Um, I literally can't think of anything. <laughs> like, I mean, I like that. Like, you can set different browsers as your defaults. Like that is something I yeah, want. Yeah, my number one favorite Android feature is intense. This idea that you have like uh, a message that you're passing, and there's a select number of receivers that are configured to receive that message. So, like if you press a share button on a picture, there are apps that are configured to receive pictures and can do things with them versus text, versus sound and things like that. And on iPhone, it's like you press a share button, you have to hope that the guy who wrote the app put in all the extra effort to like. Uh, put a Chrome browser so you can open it up in Chrome or Safari or uh, open up an email address in the native app and the Gmail app. Like, that's all incumbent on the developer, whereas in Android land, if you just, like, brought your app says, I take emails, then anything that says, I have an email to send, your that app that you wrote shows up in that list. So yeah. I think that's really cool. I really wish Apple would do something like that. I mean, I guess I get the sense that you can kind of do that on iOS. You like can, Dropbox, but the, the like that role is reversed. Files. So, yeah, like, no, right. right. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the, you know, right. No, you're right. But I think at the same time, like, some of the stuff with that gets weird, like, navigating, like, the back button, WTF, man. Yeah, like, the back button is inconsistent. Um, it's so confusing. And, I mean, part of this is also probably that I'm just not used to it used to it being a thing and also the menu button like because I, I often I've several times I've been like I don't know what to do <laughs> like 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 I'm stuck on this screen I don't know what to click <laughs> which is is a symptom of my ignorance but also annoying but I don't All right. know. We'll see what I think after a couple more days, I guess. All right, we'll let it we'll let it sink in, and unless you guys have any other final thoughts on uh, the Nexus 7, we will move on to uh, the other part of the Google announcement, but wait there, uh, because we have Jelly Bean 4.3. Now, a lot of people thought we might see Key Lime Pie, which is hypothetically the next version of Android, but not yet. Uh, instead, they decided to go to 4.3, uh, shipping on the Nexus 7, rolling out to other ne Nexus devices incredibly soon. Um, and if you don't have a Nexus device, good luck with that. Uh, you'll get it eventually. Talk to your carriers. Uh, so uh, we'll just we'll quickly run down the uh, the new features. Really, nothing uh, you know, crazy exciting, but a couple really interesting things. Uh, the first is uh, support for uh, restricted profiles. Now, this is one thing that Android does that I know a lot of people think and iOS has yet to include, which is uh, individual user accounts. Uh, this was actually great because when I had my Nexus 7, I would share it with people, and I actually had a guest account. 
uh, and each person can have their own account with their own apps. Uh, what this does is it actually creates restrictions on individual profiles. So say you want to share the device with a kid, but you don't want them spending $1,000 on Smurf berries or some ridiculous thing in an app. Uh, you can actually lock them out of certain apps, certain purchase rights. Um, and for guest users, you can lock them out as well. Uh, restricted so the title products. of this episode is Smurf berries. Is what? Smurf berries? <laughs> you laugh. That's a real thing. People, uh -huh. spend, people spend money on that. Um, so that's really cool, uh, and and sort of plays into that idea of your Nexus Seven being sort of a whole family device. It's something you leave on the coffee table, and anyone can just jump on and use, which I think is a really cool idea. Uh, we also have uh, OpenGL for uh, high quality graphics and gaming. Uh, I don't know what that is, but it sounds important. It's awesome. Is is it is it that big of a deal? Yes. <clears throat> and it's open. Yeah. And it's good luck, because it says GL, so... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, they also included support for what's known as Bluetooth Smart, which is the next version of uh, Bluetooth, which is Isn't designed... that just Bluetooth Low Energy? It is, but I think they added something else to it. Hmm. Uh, it's not just... Because isn't 4.0 Low Energy... That's and then they, they, they oh, tweaked Bluetooth it. Oh, Bluetooth 4.0, yeah. Yeah, so this is a little bit above 4.0. It just adds in uh, a little more communication okay. uh, between your device for things like Fitbits and the like. Um, there's also notification access. Developers can now access the notifications. Um, so you can actually... Uh, so your app can actually look at the notifications a user is getting and interact with them. Um, and they also included some DRM management, um, including streaming protocols they previously didn't have included before, such as uh, MPEG-Dash, and I don't know what that is, and other things. So that is uh, Jelly Bean 4.3. Yay. A small upgrade, but for some, I'm sure they care. Uh, okay, so any uh, last thoughts on the... Um, Google announcement this week? Nope. Nope. For, a big no from the two Apple guys. Motorola okay. announced some phones that are all going to be less awesome than the Moto X, so... Yeah, it's kind of... You know, I, I gotta... And I gotta chide Google a little bit because they have just been on the worst announcement run I've ever seen. The Nexus 7 was more leaked more than any other thing I've ever seen. Um, we have pictures, specs, video. Uh, the the Moto X has been leaking like crazy. These droids leak like crazy. But at the same time, like, what do we know about the Moto X? There are pictures. But what do we? Uh, picture, who cares what it looks like? There were there was a vi Rogers in Canada released a video showing one of the main features of the phone, which is that it's always listening to you. Which it turns out the other phones do, too. Well, they do, and they're going to do that going forward. But still, it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just a little silly to me. And then they have this big event where they pull off the curtain and they unveil it, and they're like, big whoop. I don't know. Do. I think, I have a feeling there's going to be something more than just than just what we know. You think? What do you think they're going to do? I don't know. Put, put in your prediction now, Dan. We're recording this so we can play it back when you're wrong. Go ahead. Uh, uh, hmm. I think it's going to be all, so like, I think it's going to have really good battery life. I think it's going to be always listening. I think the screen's always going to be on, like one of the other Moto X phones, so you don't have to flick the screen on when you want to check the time or look at a notification. That'll be in like a super low power mode. And I think it'll do all that while having good battery life. I think that will be the killer feature. Fair enough. Colby, what do, what do you think of the, uh, you want to make any predictions on the Moto X here? Anything you'd like to see? I, I honestly I don't know anything about it. I'm sorry. Is it it's an Android phone? I didn't know that. <laughs> it's an Android. <laughs> it's the it's the first Motorola phone that will have been designed entirely by Motorola since it has been owned by Google. Oh. And there've been I a lot of I leaks see. and speculation. Uh, I see. They're announcing um, I, it soon. I don't know. That's cool. I'm sure it'll be something cool. The phone Maybe. is being built in the United States, which they're making a big deal about. Um, I'm excited for the rumor that's been going around about it, um, and we talked about this on a previous show, 
uh, about the phone being customizable, quote unquote, whatever that yeah. means. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, and it's and no one thinks this is a big deal except for me. But that's because tech people don't care about things like this. I'm thinking about the rest of society. Yeah, unless... But that could be one of the things. Like, maybe that they've taken that to a whole new level. Like, maybe you can customize, like, the screen size and the resolution. So, like, you can get the Moto X with, like, the non-retina display for, like, 50 bucks. Or you can get, like, the the quad-core with the retina display and the dual-canceling speakers and the Bose or whatever... Oh, yeah. Beats audio, like that would be cool. You can have five megapixels upgrade to eight megapixels. Yeah, you can upgrade your camera. You can and you can like mix and match. So if you really care about battery life, then like get rid of like only have two processors and crank down the resolution. Your phone will last for like two days. That would be awesome. I would buy that phone probably because like my phone goes out all the time and I don't care on my iPhone how nice the screen looks or if it has dual front speakers. Like, I'm not, you know, I have headphones. I, I would love to pare down some of these Android phones for crazy battery life and still I, have a smartphone. That's a wonderful dream, Dan, and, and I would love to see it come true. I just don't think manufacturing is to the point where they can just swap out a 12-megapixel for a 5-megapixel camera and not change anything. Well, maybe it is, and maybe that's the mind-blowing thing. I, you know, the, the if anyone's going to figure it out, it's those Google guys. So. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm going to lean more towards you can pick a color and a style of back and maybe get it engraved. But I still think that's cool, and it's something no one else is doing. So, I mean, that's, Yeah, but that's, that's like the same no one else is doing like with the, the S3. Like, oh, you can float your finger over the screen and not touch it and scroll. Like, who cares? I can, I can do that. But people do care, Dan. That's the sad thing. I don't want people to care about this stuff. But you know how many people are going to freak out? Oh, my God, I can get my phone in, like, my favorite shade of red? Oh, my God. No, I can get, I like, my, my picture? Do people do that? Like, is that they a will. thing anymore? Colby, how many phones do you see with those ridiculous cases on them? What ridiculous? But you I know, don't think people put cases on because they don't like the way their phone looks. I think people put cases on because they don't want to break it, and then they they want their case to look cool. True, but people put a lot of time and a lot of money into you know the case that looks like a cassette tape or the case that has a picture of their dog on it. You know, I just I don't I don't. So, but the the phone's not going to have a picture of their dog on it. But it might. We don't an, know. An even better point. What if like why bother with this customizable color phone when you're just going to put a case on it? But I guess the idea, and then the other one of the other rumors is that they're doing something special with the glass, and it's supposed to be more resilient than any other phone. Um, hypothetically, you won't need a case. Maybe they're stealing Jeff Bezos's uh, patent, where you drop your phone and detects the change in velocity and deploys airbags. He actually <laughs> patented that. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty badass. That would be cool. Imagine <laughs> if it did not did it on accident though, and it like airbags <laughs> it moved out of your hand. <laughs> All of a sudden, your pants just explode. What the heck? <laughs> You get in a car accident. And like... <laughs> you're, you're sitting in a meeting and suddenly your pants just balloon. <laughs> Why? Is that something? Then, that you, your pants then you, you have to like see me. cut your pocket open in order to get the phone out. <laughs> this is a Google. I hope you're listening. This is a good idea. You should use this. Jeff Bezos, get on it. That would make a great commercial though, though I'm not sure it would sell the product. But no, <laughs> <It'd be> hilarious. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we uh, we are burning through time like it's nobody's business. Um, we can talk a little more Android, or we can move on to our picks of the week. What do you want to do, gentlemen? I think we should do. Well, wait. Or picks, like one or the other. No, we can do both. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I, I have nothing. Like, I vote for picks. Okay, I'm down. All right, let's do that. Uh, I've talked enough, so I'm going to hand it over to one of you guys. Uh, who wants to go first? Don't all jump at once. I can go first. All right, Dan, you're going to show us Discourse. Yeah, so I'm going to share my screen in the meantime. So Discourse is like a reimagining of forums. So here's their homepage. Uh, I, we'll just skip to try Discourse and hope it works. So a forum... Back in the old days, 
people used to congregate on the internet on forums before there was Twitter and Facebook. And it was kind of great because you had like, oh, you have your Android forum, you know, that, you know, or like, I don't know, video game that you really like forum and all the people who really like video games were there and they were synchronously talking and it was high signal, uh, but really clunky and the software was terrible. So Jeff Atwood wrote this sweet thing called Discourse. I think it has a long way to go, but it has some nice ideas. So you kind of have some social features. You can look at, oh, this post is highly liked. This post is has lots of posts. So we can go check out, uh, let's see, can we sort by likes? Uh, we'll just check out this one. Whoa, check out this crazy paper artwork. And loads it up. And this is pretty awesome. Check out the video. And the video like embeds in the page, which is nice. People can respond with videos. You can respond with images and GIFs. Everything works really well. You get suggested topics based on like uh, natural language analysis and things like that. And anyone can create their own discourse. Uh, you can either pay for it to be hosted, or you can download the source code. It's open source and do it yourself. So we could actually have a don't panic discourse, which would be pretty awesome. Uh, and you can configure all these categories. Uh, so the default view is just like a splooge of everything that's happening right now. But you can go over to categories and see, like. Here's the gaming stuff, and here's like the tech stuff. Robots are taking our jobs, things like that. And you can customize all this stuff. I think it has a long ways to go. I think it uh, kind of falls down in face of a lot of what we do today being really synchronous. Like Twitter pushes to you when you're notified. Email is in your inbox. Facebook shows up in your Facebook notifications. It's tough to add another thing that you're going to check, especially when it's like you have multiple discourses that you're following. But I, I love forums. I grew up on forums since I was post-BBS and post, uh, what were those things called, news groups. Forums were my news group. Uh, so I'm happy to see them get a little bit better. So discourse.org, try it out, make one. Because, you know, Facebook groups are great, but they kind of suck. And Google Plus communities are great, but they also kind of suck. So I think it's cool to have a thing that's dedicated to group discussion. Well, and I know we don't usually have conversations about our uh, picks, but I think this is super, super, super cool uh, because I see people have conversations like over Twitter and like all these places. You can never track it. You can never. I mean, I still Google stuff and get answers on for old forums all the time. Yeah. Um, and the fact that this is open and anyone can put it on their site, I think, is uh, is really cool. This is, I think, one of my favorite picks we've done. So I'm, I'm nice. excited. I think this is neat. So Cool. Yeah, I, I think it's cool, too. Like, I think it would be awesome for something like, you know, when at school, like, Computer Society or, yeah. you know, like, um, <laughs> you know, and then they could have Flame Wars, like, more readably. Yeah, like the good old days of Flame Wars. Civil yeah. conversation. No, it wasn't civil. <laughs> Far from it. Easy to digest. All right, well, Colby, uh, I am looking at this, and I have no idea what it is, so I'd like to learn more. It's Shadowrun Returns. So, Tell so us a, while, a while ago, I went, on, I went on a Kickstarter kick for a while. Huh. <laughs> Um, just like backing things that I thought were cool on Kickstarter, and at one point I I I can share my screen here. I think we have the technology. We got the power. All right, all right. Where's the button? So a while ago I backed this like uh, this game which. So apparently it's like this these guys who have been doing games and it's based on like a board game from the 80s or the 90s or something which like I didn't know about anything like that but like I used to play Fallout and stuff on the computer and it's it's a lot like that it's like a a turn-based uh 
kind of tactical RPG type of thing, which is awesome. It's a little bit like XCOM, um, mm. which is cool. But I backed it on Kickstarter, and they funded the whole thing entirely through Kickstarter. Um, and I don't know, they were kind of like like super idealistic about what they wanted to do. And so, so I backed them, and they actually, like, they released, um, for real, which was which was super cool, and then uh, I've been playing it for the last three days, and it's a ton of fun. And it's so if you, I don't, I, I wonder, team, I don't know. Well, um, but it, it's available on Steam. It's available on. Um, you got some screenshots here. It's 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 fairly simple. It's kind of old school, but it's a ton of fun. Um, it's available on Steam, and you can get DRM free downloads for Windows and Mac. And I think they're they're doing a Linux port too. So uh, yeah, that's that's my story. Check it out. Cool. cool. Shadowrun returns. Uh, their website is hairbrained-schemes.com. Uh, their Kickstarter raised over $1.8 million. So uh, definitely really cool stuff. I, I'm always happy to see a uh, successful Kickstarter campaign. So, Sean, tell us about your pick. You, well, Dan, I'm glad you asked. Uh, when I do my picks, I like to have them solve some kind of problem you didn't know you had, which is the story of our lives, quite honestly. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah. How many times have you gone to your weather app and it's given you the two-day forecast, the five-day forecast, the ten-day forecast, temperatures, rain five days from now, and you said, I just want to know what it's going to be doing half an hour from now when I get out of work, or you know, what's it going to be like in an hour when I have to go out? This is called Dark Sky. Uh, I used it when it first came out probably over uh, two years ago. Um, and I've had it ever since on my iPhone and my iPad, and it is an awesome app. So what it does, and uh, I'm showing the website now, but I'm going to flip back to my camera so I can attempt to show it to you. Okay. So uh, here we are. It uses the GPS to find your location, and it just gives you really straightforward information. It says, now it's clear. Next hour it's going to be clear. That's it. That's, that's the thing. Now I can swipe this up and it'll give me a little more sort of what the temperatures are going to be, the long-term daily forecast. Uh, and I can also click on this radar button and it will give me actually a really pretty uh, version of the radar I can scroll. But it's not interesting here, so I'll use their little, they always recommend a stormy place. Uh, so you can see there it says, right now, light rain. In the next hour, rain. It's really straightforward. They even show this nice little graph that shows you how likely it is for there to be rain over the next hour. The more it jumps, the more aggressive, or the more uh, unsure the forecast is. We'll show you the radar here. I'm trying to do this backwards, and I'm not doing it well. But you can see, and they even show this chart. So I'll scroll in this direction, and you'll see we'll get more rain. Very fluid, and I scroll back, and there's no rain. Uh, yeah. You can slide this up, and it'll say the rest of the day's forecast and what the temperatures are going to be. And it just uses your location. You just tap it there. It's such a simple, simple app, but I cannot tell you how helpful it is to just know the weather in the next hour. And no other app i found does it as well as these guys. You can also turn on, and it's in beta, uh, notifications. Uh, so your phone will go off and it will say it's going to start raining in 20 minutes. It'll start raining in 30 minutes. It's going to start snowing in an hour. Um, I've tried it. It's good and it's accurate, but it kills your battery because it's pinging your GPS all the time. So mm. they're working on it and they're making it better. But I do like having the option, and it actually did save me a lot where I was going out for the day or something and said, oh, it's going to start raining in 20 minutes, and I grabbed my umbrella. So that made it worth it. Um, it is available for uh, Apple devices, iOS devices, iPhone, and iPad. Um, it is not free. It is... I have to remember how much it is. $4, because I just bought it. Oh, did, really? Is it $4? <laughs> I thought it was... Oh, I got it on discount when it started. Um, it was actually... I didn't even know this. It was originally a Kickstarter project. Um, 
Which is very, yeah, they raised uh, $39,000 to fund the project uh, back in 2011. And it's $3.99, so it's a little pricey, but, uh, you know, if you really need a simple, dead straight, what is the weather now and what's it going to be in an hour app, this is unequivocally the best one I've ever seen. So it's darkskyapp.com. Find it on the App Store, Dark Sky. I actually, I appreciate you bringing this up because I bought this a while ago and, like, I since, like, uninstalled and reinstalled iOS 7 and completely forgot about it. <laughs> That's the so problem good. I'm finding. When you have these iOS devices for so long, I was looking, because now that you can go back and see all the things you've purchased or downloaded before, I'm, like, a couple years in the past, I'm like, why would I have bought that app? Or, like, oh, my God, I forgot I spent so, you know, like, or... Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, they, they pile up. All right. <laughs> Well, that cool. takes us to the end of the show. Uh, do you guys have anything you uh, you want to add before we send it home? Um, I don't know. I just started <laughs> work at Facebook. Use Facebook. <laughs> are, you, are you are you really using the end of the show to plug Facebook.com, <laughs> something no one's ever heard of? <laughs> they gave it's me this a new back. thing. The kids are doing it. It's called the Facebook. <laughs> Uh, no, that's a good plug. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't have any other plugs. So, Dan, you want to plug Etsy? Sure. Yeah. Sell your stuff, man. Buy some awesome <laughs> stuff. Is that their slogan? Sell your stuff, man. Pretty much. <laughs> Etsy.com. Keep it real, always. Oh my God. I I saw multiple people with Google Glass on since I've been here, like wearing it around. Is that the antithesis of keeping it real? Is that why that came up in your mind? I don't know. <laughs> it just came up. Keep it real with virtual reality. Uh, outstanding. I may or may not have worn Google Glass uh, this week, so. Oh yeah. I, I've been. Uh, I've seen the light. And you use Firefox OS. Yes. One of the two is really cool, and the other one is Google Glass. Ooh. Well, you know what? We may just have to... That's a great tease for next week's show. Stay tuned as we review technologies you might be interested in. <laughs> You'll probably never use it. That's right, but we're going to talk about it because that's what we're here for. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there for listening and viewing the show. Colby, it is fantastic to have you back this week, coming to us from the West Coast. Uh, that's why we do the show so late, so Colby has time to get home. Uh, but that's fine because, you know, we, we party pretty hard late nights, you know, Tuesdays, where it's at. Uh, the show is always available, uh, as I said, live Tuesday nights, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific at don'tpanic.io slash live.html. But if you can't watch live, you can always get uh, versions on demand at your convenience at don'tpanic.io. Uh, and we're also on YouTube, and you can get the audio versions off the website. We recommend you go there and check those out. With all that being said... I will end the show as I always do by saying don't panic because we will be back next week and we will see you then. Good night. Or good morning. I don't know when you're watching us. Bye. <laughs>